Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Girl Who Failed at Drinking, the podcast. Um, I wanted to just, it's just me today. It's just going to be me. Um, I i tried over the last couple weeks to get a couple of people to come on the pod. I got a couple of yeses, and then um, things happened, right? I had a girlfriend that, you know, she's a mom, and being a mom takes a lot out of you. And so when you can't focus on your own thoughts, that truly affects <laughs> recording a pod. So I totally understand that. Um, you know, and then um, I was worried. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just going to be me. Like, who wants to hear me? And I'm like, uh, it's my podcast. Like, that's stupid. Uh, so I did. I did just want to do a check-in and kind of see like where I'm at with sobriety, what's going on with court, the kids, the family, things are a little crazy around our house. That typically happens, right? When you have a family of five. Um, so I'm at 45 days of sobriety today, which I just looked, I didn't know that. I kind of just put it in the back of my head and I work every day. I take everything day by day as far as sobriety and I'm like, okay, you know, another day down, which is great. I try to log like my, like how I'm feeling. And, um, you know, I noticed at first I was like not feeling like 100% better as far as like having headaches and feeling drowsy and just not having as much energy. And that's kind of when I found out about my thyroid. So I'm still working through getting my thyroid figured out, which I think I had my blood drawn like maybe two weeks ago. And so they're redrawing in six weeks. So I have four more weeks to go. But it's like insane. I wake up with headaches now. I just feel like crap all the time. Um, so I'm going to chalk that up to not being from alcohol since we're at 45 days. Um, but you know, I yeah, I know it's not that. Um, so that's another thing that I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm ready to get that figured out and to truly just be back. Um, kind of feeling 100. I made it to the gym the other day with my girlfriend and. I felt, it felt so good. I, it felt good to walk and move my bones and my body, but I like, I felt like crap afterwards. I had a headache again in the morning, which like morning headaches, these were like coming at about like two or three and they felt more like hunger headaches. And now it's like, Oh, you're awake. Here's a headache. And I'm like, fuck, that's just never been me. So if you're a person that's had headaches, I, feel for you. I'm so sorry. I don't think I've ever had a migraine in my life. Knock on wood. Praise Jesus. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm going into, let's see one, this we're ending recovery month. Um, it was so nice to be sober all of September and, you know, read some of the statistics I've read. I'm going to try to pull them up on my phone without losing my train of thought. No promises. <laughs> um, but I've saw, I've read some really good things about alcohol lately and it's, it's actually like kind of scary. And I, I think that people well. I don't know. I shouldn't care. But anyways, I don't want people to think that I'm posting these things to be like, Oh, I got sober. And now like I'm on top of the world and I know everything about alcohol. No, I've just started my pod and started an Instagram. And, um, it's like, obviously that content brings in a lot of sober content. <clears throat> and so some of it I read, I'm like, Oh my God, that's horrible. Like I had no idea. So this one that I posted yesterday says we protect and victimize alcohol at all costs, despite it being the number one most dangerous drug, the third most addictive drug responsible for killing 3 million people per year 
and associated with 40% of child abuse cases, sexual assaults, and homicides. That's crazy. Um, Being a victim of sexual assault and then having a story from when I was a young girl of how alcohol led to like, I wouldn't want to say like child abuse or it was, it was kind of like a sexual assault, but it was more unintentional because alcohol was involved. I can contest that that's probably like really true. Um, it's sad. It's just so sad. And another thing is, is we do, we protect and victimize it. We, um, we associate it with just like everything wonderful. And I think that lately that's kind of been something that's like really hard for me. I went out to, um, a lunch with a loan officer and his assistant recently. And, um, you know, he was like, I'm going to have margaritas and, it's just so crazy. Like, which I'm totally fine with. I didn't mind. And they, you know, I was like, please have one for me. Um, but it's just crazy. It's like, Oh, work, work, lunch, alcohol. You know what I mean? It was just like hand in hand. Um, which is like, you know, it's like you go and get your hair done and they're like, would you like a glass of champagne or when you're getting your toes done, you know? Um, so it is, it's just so like glamorized, um, which is, which is fine. I mean, I did that for so long. Like I, it was so weird. I noticed myself taking pictures so much with alcohol. Like it was like my prop, like, Oh, here, just, you know, naturally I'd be like, Hey, I want to take a picture. And then it would be like, well, here's my drink. And then it just looks like, you know, I guess it truly was showing how much I drink. A lot of people, you know, like to hide it, um, and pretend they don't have an issue. Um, I think that this time around, with my sobriety, I think just the first time and before my DUI, I was just so like, I was just so lost. Like I had my DUI going or not my DUI. I had my divorce going. Um, you know, things were just kind of crazy. Like I was, I was barely surviving myself, let alone giving a shit what anybody else was doing. Um, I think it opened my eyes though, when people paid so much attention to what I was doing. And I was like, wow, like, people are really that observant. Um, and I think maybe now that I'm sober, you're just naturally more observant or if you don't drink as much, you're naturally more observant. Um, but you know, I've got girlfriends that like are in serious trouble with alcohol and they're like in just the craziest denial. I'm like, Whoa, you know, and it's the first time that I'm able to see that. Like some of these comments, it's like, Oh, you know, I want to try to get, you know, out of trouble early. Well, when your trouble's a decade long, what does early truly look like? Are you looking at like two years early? Are you looking at three years early? That's even a stretch at the type of, you know, probationary level that, um, she's at and and I'm about to be at too. It's not, you know, and I'm worried about my five years. I'm like, Oh God, speaking of, yeah, we're moving into court time. Um, it's kind of weird for me because court has been all the time. Like, for years. And this is 20, 26 months. We're at 26 months. I'm going to take a drink of coffee. Hold on. So 26 months ago is when I got my DUI. I guess it's not quite 26 months. It'll be 26 months, October the 22nd, the 23rd. Um, so I will be sentenced two weeks early. So it'll be 25 months, 25 and a half months, something like that. Um, And right now what 
the prosecutors asked for and what my lawyer has had me plea to and agree on, um, which goes over. So when you get a felony, I just learned this, um, you know, I had no idea because obviously I had no idea or no plan on getting one. So a lot of times when you go to court, you can come up with a deal, right? So you sit down and the prosecutor signs off on the deal the defense signs off and then the judge is like, you're both agreeing to that. Okay. I will honor that as well. So he signs off and it's kind of like a trifecta. They know what's going on. Well, when you get a felony, everybody can make a deal and you can make it look as pretty as possible. And everybody can sign off at prosecutor, me, everybody. And then when it goes to the judge, he can do whatever he pleases. Like there's no deals to honor. There's no, you know, he will look at what it's called recommendation. Um, so the prosecutor is recommending five years of probation. I have pled to five years or I've pled guilty in regards to knowing that it's five years of probation, which I also know that could change as well. Um, and then I, um, yeah. So five years. And then I'm sure I'll have to do classes and all of that. I'll lose my license for another year. Um, you know, and yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's all going to be, it's all just coming to head, coming to head, but basically long story short, he can look at me and be like, you're going to jail for three years or you're going to jail for five. No, I don't even think that, um, what I'm pleading to can is, has mandatory for that, but basically long story short, he can do whatever he wants. And, um, that's scary. Cause I just had a girlfriend go through that and she just went through her sentencing and she did not get the sentence she thought she was going to. So I'm like, Ooh, like that could definitely be me next. Um, so that's coming up. We'll talk a lot more about that. It's something I very much want to speak on. Um, especially cause I still get comments that I just like, I'm like, no, like that's, that's not true. Or like, Sorry that you feel that way, but no. Um, but anyways, we'll talk about that after court's over. Um, so yeah, so I just went through my pretrial investigation and we're two weeks out and then I get to start that new chapter of my life, but also put, um, I guess it's not really putting one because right, you're on five years of probation, so you can never truly forget what you've done. But at the same time, you're able to move past the court stage. Like you're sentenced, you know what you're getting. You can truly accept that and move on however you need to, or cope however you need to, or find acceptance and ever how, however you need to, whatever you need to do. Um, I'm just trying to do more. I I'm just trying to do more work in general on myself. So even with everything going on with court, I'm um, I was going to enroll in a program through access behavioral health that was like, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was more like counseling and therapy, but it sounds like it was more med management and putting me on medication. And then I don't, it was just weird. So I, I decided against that because I'm really not trying to get back on medication. I, um, I guess I should start there. So I do have mental illness. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar two and anxiety. Um, and this is something I've known for a long time. I don't really know how long I've had the bipolar two. They kind of brought it up to me more recently. And I was like, maybe I've known that I kind of forgot. Um, some people are like, no, like, I think it's just the anxiety, you know, that kind of triggers that, um, diagnosis. But I will say that 
my anxiety has gone down like so much since I stopped drinking. And that happened the first time. Like that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, holy shit, like my anxiety is almost gone. You have normal anxiety, like about life. Um, you don't have normal anxiety or like anxiety anymore about like guilt, I guess. And it's a weird guilt. Like you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't have had that many or I just kind of got a little drunk. Now I don't feel as good today. Now I can't give my full effort to the kids or, you know, you wake up and you're like, man, I just feel bad. Like, I just feel like shit. If I just can have a beer, I'll feel better. Um, and it just starts a really bad cycle of anxiety. Um, sometimes people that I know that drink really heavily, they're like, you know, my anxiety. I'm like, honestly, I never thought I'd be that person, but I'm like, maybe you should try to cut out alcohol for a little bit. Um, but the thing that, you know, it's like talking about that quote that I talked about, you know, people are protected. They're like, well, no, that's not what my anxiety is from. Like, it can't be that. Sorry. I'm going to go find something else that, and it's like, no, it's a poison. Like it's truly a poison. It's a, it's addictive. Like, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I don't, I, I'm just educating myself more. So it's not like I'm on some high horse where I'm like, oh, I've got this all figured out. I just more see things and I'm like, wow, like that, that it had me, it had me in its grasp. It was ready to go. Like there was, there was no holding back when it came to me and alcohol and our relationship. Sorry, I'm trying to drink. It's 621 in the morning. It's early. I was up since like 430. Um, but I knew I needed to get this out. Another thing that I want to talk about is my little Harlow. Uh, it's been a little bit of a crazy week. I am sitting at my computer now, kind of watching my emails. Uh, but I've been in and out of the office all week. I, um, I've been trying to go in to get work done, but then I'm home. Um, long story short. So I don't know why I need to start, stop saying that it must be because it's early and I'm just like, Oh, I said it once it keeps coming into my head. <laughs> um, but we sent her to a sleepover on Saturday with one of her girlfriends and Harlow. I think it was Harlow. Another, there was three little girls and the parents of the little girl that she was at the sleepover are completely deaf. So there's a little bit of a communication, you know, barrier there. Um, but usually we just text and it was no big deal. So I dropped her off and then Stelly and I were having kind of a girl's day. So we were at Ross and I was walking around Ross and, um, I had just talked to junior we were actually going to take our niece out. We were going out with his sisters and our niece for her 21st birthday. So I was kind of looking for a pair of jeans to wear and, um, so I wasn't looking at my phone. <laughs> I just had no, no, just was not looking at my phone at all. Um, so we get out to the car. I pull out my phone and I've got like 45 missed calls from Livy, from junior, from a number. I don't know, you know, and then I've got all these texts saying your daughter's her answer your phone. And like immediately that triggered a lot of mom guilt because I know it was probably the lack of communication or, you know, communication barrier, but I was like, God, I didn't mean to not answer my phone. Um, so she was riding down a hill here in Boise. It's called Roosevelt. It's right by Hillcrest golf course. And it is a steep hill. It's not, it's not for the faint hearted. And so she decided that she was going to show off for her homies and ride down this hill. Um, and her being in a sleepover, she didn't have a helmet. <laughs> so that's fantastic. I will say we're a lot, we're very blessed that it wasn't worse. It could have been a lot worse. Um, 
So Junior calls me. He's like, I'm on my way to go get her. Olivia was driving down. Tim lives at the top of this hill, Olivia's dad. And so she was going thrifting with her girlfriend and her girlfriend's mom was driving and saw this little girl just bleeding. And so they stopped to help her. And, um, she heard Harlow speak and Olivia jumped out and was like, Harlow. And so she called junior junior was able to leave right away to come get her. And we had to go to the ER. She had knocked out her front tooth and then, um, then one next to it. So her two big two teeth, was like completely almost gone. Um, she was lucky it didn't come out by the root. And I guess it wasn't showing any nerves, but it was like a majority of it was toast. Uh, so we get down to the hospital and, you know, she's just got abrasions all over her body. So they <laughs> take x-rays. Luckily, only thing that came back was her arm. She's got, they're treating her wrist as if it was fractured. A lot of that has to do with the swelling and they just want to see it, the swelling go down and see, you know, those fractures a lot of times won't come up because it's so swollen. And then there's a growth plate in there and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's been in a little soft cast and then, um, she, we had to get the tooth from her girlfriend and, um, it was like, you know, it was bad. Anyway, so we, <laughs> the doctor comes in and he's like, I'm going to have you go to this dentist. And, but this happened at like 5:40, So right now it's like 11. He's like, you're going to go to this dentist. He's going to come in. His team's going to be there and they're going to put the tooth back in her mouth. And I'm like, Oh my God, this tooth has now been out of her mouth for six hours. Like that's disgusting. <laughs> so, um, we went out there and they did. Um, the assistant Kayla was amazing. I just, got out of the car and started bawling and she gave me the biggest hug. She's like, it's, it's okay. We're going to get it. Don't worry. And I was like, Oh, please help. Um, so she, she luckily they numbed her up pretty well. And then they gave her some pain meds at the hospital. So we got through that pretty, you know, okay. They bonded her teeth together. So it looks like she's kind of got, um, like braces kind of, but they're just to make sure that those two teeth stay in. Uh, when they took x-rays, all of her teeth had shifted. So that was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, uh, that was really stressful. We ended up both just breaking down and crying and just like so grateful that it wasn't worse. It could have been so much worse. Um, gosh, I didn't even know that girl was, you know, such a daredevil. Um, but you know, you learn new things about your kids every day. I shouldn't be surprised. Junior is her father. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. Um, my team's been awesome at work. I mean, if I, I'm kind of just processing for so many people, it's insane now, but we, everybody's been great, like great. So I've just been focusing on her and, um, working when I can and just really putting my mom foot forward. So that's so important. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, you know, I just, I'm feeling a lot better. Like I said, I'm, I wish that, you know, we could get the thyroid thing figured out. Luckily that's a normal health issue. Um, unless you can mess up your thyroid from drinking, that could be a possibility anyways. Um, but yeah, so these coming months, we're just going to keep trucking away and focusing on sobriety. I had, um, somebody reach out and was like, you know, this times are stressful, especially with Harlow, like don't drink. Um, if you can help it. And I was like, Oh no, thank you. Like, luckily I'm still have my ankle monitor on. So that helps every single day. Obviously you have more nightmares about drinking than you would ever drink with it on. 
Um, so that's been nice, but you know, that's coming off here in the next two weeks. So it's going to be really time for me to figure it out by myself, but you're right. I think, um, identifying triggers is such an important thing. And this situation is a huge trigger. Um, you know, it was just like, yeah, after we got out of the hospital, it would have been so nice to have a glass of wine and eat our sushi that we got takeout at 9 PM to go, you know, that would have been a great little nightcap and we would have felt wonderful. Um, but also, you know, in retrospect, looking at the situation from an alcoholic standpoint, like what if Stella had gone to a sleepover that day too? And what if I had decided to go out drinking with my friends or, you know, there was something that happened where I was unable to drive. Um, that would have been scary. I would have failed my daughter again, right there with alcohol and, you know, and so it was a blessing to wake up with her at, 8 a.m. after only sleeping since 3.30 and feeling wonderful. And then it was also great being there for her and making sure that, you know, she didn't feel alone or confused or, oh, I've got to go through this alone because, you know, my mom can't be in here. She's drunk or something like that. So anyways, it just <laughs> it makes makes me feel better. Um, this was a good little reminder. And also, um, I think in times where I've been having triggers, I think back to like some of the instances where I was drinking and I'm like, oh my God, fuck no, I'm not going back there. Absolutely not. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. I will, I will get, um, an episode out by Wednesday. It will happen. This is something that's super, 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 super important to me. And it feels really good to discuss how like true life events all tie into this. My life has been crazy. Um, and you know, I have people reach out to me and they're like, normally I drink and I haven't, I felt like, you know, there's really no need for me to drink. Um, and it's just so crazy. Like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, it's like they, they advertise poison, legal poison on TV all night, whether it's like four in the afternoon or four in the morning. Um, so anyways, but we'll keep track and juniors killing it with his sobriety as well. So if I'm at 45 days, he's at 47. He continues to just want to beat me. So if that's his drive, I'm all for it. Great. Be that motivation for you, baby. Um, we do have a trip coming up in November that does make me a little bit worried, not worried, but it's going to be our first sober trip. Um, so that's where I'm like, maybe I just plan a bunch of fitness activities. So I'm like, I gotta feel great. Um, but no, we'll figure it out. We'll take you for that little adventure too. We're headed to Austin, Texas. It is our favorite city ever. Um, we had the opportunity to live there for a year. We weren't in the best life situation. That's in another episode. Um, but it truly is my, I love Austin. It's just the vibe there. If you have not gone, go. I think we're going to plan my bachelorette party there. So, um, Speaking of that, we're almost one year away from Junior and I getting married again. We're having a wedding planning party on Sunday the 10th. We're going to try to plan a destination wedding. I'm so excited. This is just so great. So there's so much exciting stuff going on, um, and that's enough to get me through the holidays and just keep my drive going. Um, but I will talk to you guys next week, and I hope you have a blessed week. Um if you're feeling like you're struggling with alcohol, feel free to reach out. I'm not a professional, but I can tell you every bad thing that could possibly happen to you. And maybe it might change your mind. <laughs> you're like, oh, damn, that's bad. So anyways, um, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you later.